That was a blessing. You know, this is uh, the last week in our uh, series, Beats, and uh, we've been looking at the book of Psalms and looking at some of the songs that King David wrote, and I am utterly amazed that those songs written 3,000 years ago still speak to our hearts and souls, and we've talked about the fact that the Psalms kind of sink our heart up with the heart of God, and you know, I was thinking about it. I've been preaching for four decades now, and I still get as excited about sharing God's Word as I did when I was 16 years old. And I was thinking about that whole process of, of speaking and putting a message together, and probably the hardest part uh, is knowing how to start. I've always uh, known where I was going in, in a message or in a series, but how to start is the most challenging thing. And uh, I've always had a lot of passion about it. In fact, I get, I get excited. I get excited still about having the opportunity to, to speak. I get excited about what God's going to do through, through a particular series or a message. When I was 16, though, I need to go back and apologize to some of the congregations I spoke to at that age, but uh, I, I made an assumption when I was that age. And I, my assumption was that everybody else was as excited uh, and had as much passion as I did about a particular topic. And so what I found looking back was I would step into the pulpit to, to speak and my zeal and enthusiasm it was jarring. I mean, because I'd come in and I'm like gung-ho, ready, ready to go. And it became kind of an obstacle. You know, I, I would start speaking and I'm way down the track before anybody even could get on board with me because I just assumed, oh, well, we're all excited about this. And what I realized early on was I was way up here and I, and I was ready to go. And everybody else was kind of way down here somewhere. And they were coming into services tired, worn out, kind of distracted in their lives. And what I had to do was throttle down and kind of bring people along with me. And if I could help them change that, that beat in their life, then they could find that new rhythm that, that I wanted to share. And so I'd get them on, on board, and then they could get in tune with where I was. And if I could do that, there was the possibility that maybe they might hear what God had to say that morning. My uh, early mentor, and I've had mentors throughout my career, but my early mentor, he had a routine, and he would uh, step into the pulpit and he'd bow his head, and he would pray the same prayer. Every, every time he stepped in, he'd be, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O God, my strength and my redeemer. And he would pray that, and every time he prayed it, I found myself thinking about it, and I thought, wow, that, that's profound. It's just profound. And it wasn't for several years before one day I'm reading through scripture and I realized that prayer wasn't his originally. The fact is it was in the book of Psalms. 
And it's a beat that I have prayed for almost 40 years in my own ministry before I walk out here. Every morning, I pray that prayer. And that's the beat we're going to look at. It's up here. Let the words, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That is the last verse in Psalms 19. What I want to suggest this morning is it matters where you start in your life. It matters where you start. How you start matters. It always matters. How you start your day, it matters. You know, Cindy and I have a routine just about every morning. One of us gets up first. It's usually her. This morning, I was the first one up. And we kind of mix it up. And so I get up, I brush my teeth, you know, I uh, get a drink, and I head to the hot tub every morning. Doesn't matter how cold it is out or how hot, I get in the hot tub. And I just spend some time talking to God. Uh, Usually I'm watching the birds, admiring nature. This morning I was seeing the few of the stars were showing through the clouds. But when I get done, then I go in, I wake Cindy up, and she has a very similar routine. And so while she's in the hot tub, I I shave, uh, you know, take a shower, get dressed, and, and then have a little bit of breakfast. And I realize sometimes we will start our morning without saying a word to each other, and at least very few words initially. The, friends, the most profound sermon that you will ever deliver, that I'll ever deliver, will not be with my mouth, it'll be with my life. I mean, here's the thing, if I preach a sermon with my mouth and another message with my life, if those contradict, pretty soon people will not pay attention to what I have to say. You know, I I don't remember, I was thinking about my childhood, I, I never remember my dad sitting me down and teaching me like a, a, a lesson out of the Bible. But he taught me a lot of things. You know, he taught me uh, things without saying a word. You know, for instance, I, I, maybe I've shared this before, but his, his influence on me and issues of integrity and honesty. I remember uh, my dad one time, we went into Kroger's, and I don't remember what we bought, but we bought some stuff. And I was about 11, maybe 12 years old. And we got ready to check out and we were 40 cents short. And so the cashier said, oh, I got, I got 40 cents. And, you know, and so she loaned it to us. And uh, we, we got home. Dad pulled in the drive. He left the car running. He said, sit tight. I'll be right back. I'm like, well, why? And he goes, because we're going to take the money back to the cashier. And then he kind of launched into a little bit. Of, he says, you know, you, someone loans you money. They borrow money. You return it. You get it back to them. It doesn't matter whether it's 10 cents or $5,000. We always pay back what we borrow. And so when we got back to the store, he pulled up out, out front, and he says, run the money into her. 
And I'll never forget, I, I ran in, I found the cashier, and I hand her the money, and she, she's like shocked. She goes, that's a first, you know. So it's a few years later, I'm 16. I work at that same, I get hired to, to work at the same Kroger. My first week there, uh, Yvonne come, comes across, and she goes, I remember you. She goes, you and your dad, you're the ones I loaned money to, and you actually brought it back. I'll never forget that. And so we built relationship the, the years that I, I was there. And uh, now, fast ramp, 20 years later, I'm pastoring in Springfield, and uh, her son calls me and says, my mom would like to see you. Could you stop by the house? And so I stop by, and I find out she's dying. And she wants me to do her funeral. And so she starts talking to me about what she would like to, to have happen. And she said, make sure you share the story of when I loaned you that money. Hmm. Friends, that was a life sermon without saying a word. See, it spoke volumes into my life, and apparently it spoke volumes into hers. And what I want you to get is do not underestimate the power of a message in life by how you live it, that, that moment that can make a difference. What you do, what you do is more important than what you say. You know, Moses, Moses was a man that God wanted to use. You know, Moses, he, he wasn't very good with words, though. And, and he tells God that. He says, I'm not, I'm not good at talking. And God says, don't worry about it. I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a stick, give you a staff. If you take that, that stick and you stretch it out, I'll work. Friends, when you are stretched in your life, in your faith, God works. In fact, only when you're stretched. You know, when you're, you're stretched, I believe you can experience the supernatural in your life. When you're stretched in your life, God will give you the strength in your life. You know, God says to Moses, says, if, you, if you'll stretch out over the water, if you put that staff up and, and stretch it out, I will part the waters. And people will know what kind of God I am. Not by what you say, but it will be a powerful, powerful message. I will make the waters speak for you. Friends, it's what happens time and time again when we follow God obediently in our lives. There's a woman by the name of Mary. Mary, she uh, snuck into a room where Jesus was one day. And scripture says she broke some expensive perfume and she anointed Jesus' head. It was a year's wages, this perfume. She, she pours it on his head as an act of love. And the people in that room immediately knew that she loved Jesus. Not because of what she said, because of the smell in the room, the fragrance. 
It, it was extravagant expression of her love. And she never said a word, at least in the account when you read it in the Bible, there, there's no words spoken. But her actions spoke volumes. You know, and so then when the disciples and the people in the room, they start, they start talking. They're like, man, she wasted that perfume. I can't believe she did that. She, she should have done this with it and this. And so they're debating about better ways this could have been done. And I love it because Jesus knows what's going on and he responds and he elevates her actions. He says this, he says, I tell you the truth, wherever the good news is preached throughout the world, faith fellowship on Sunday morning, this woman's deeds will be remembered and discussed. See, it, it was a sermon preached by smell. That seems kind of weird, doesn't it? But it's really not that strange. You remember the, the Hebrew firemen in the Old Testament? Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego? I mean, these young men, they, they were worshipers of the one true God. And they refused to bow a knee to the idols. And the officials, the leaders, they said, we're going to throw you in a fiery furnace. In fact, we're going to crank it up seven times hotter than usual. See, the leaders, the king, they were, they were trying to make a statement to the crowd. And these young men go, you know, our God's able to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we're still going to worship him. It was a bigger statement. And so when King Nebuchadnezzar, he sees them in the fire and they're not, they're not hurt, He's looking in there. He's like, I can't, I can't believe this. He, he calls them out. And these young men step out of the fire. And I love this. I, I, it, it always, every time I read this verse, I love this. It says, then the, the high officers, the officials, the governors, the advisors crowded around him. Everybody got in as close as they could. And they saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was singed. And their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell of smoke. Wow. See, when you go through something and you don't smell like it, when, when you go through something and, and you're not bitter, you're not angry, you're not upset, it is a message to the world. It's a life sermon. It speaks volumes into other people's lives. You know, it's more about what you do than what you say. We talk about this word and deed. They need to sync up. But deeds, deeds speak louder, don't they? Some of the greatest sermons you'll ever preach, you'll ever hear, they're not spoken. They're lived. They're lived. You know, if you're, you're strong physically, if you're strong, you don't have to talk about it, do you? Why? Because strength shows. If you really love God, you don't have to tell everybody that you love God because people will see it. You know, because there's a different rhythm in life. There's a different beat that you get. You know, when, when you, you put God first in your schedule, 
when everybody else is heading to the sports fields or they're, they're heading to the river or whatever. You know, when you, when you put God first and you worship God every Sunday, it speaks volumes, doesn't it? You know, when you commit to, to serving regularly, it speaks volumes. You know, when we faithfully give and say, you know what, God, you bless me, I'm putting you first, it speaks volumes to your children, speaks volumes to your friends, to the world. It's a life message. It speaks volumes about your love for God. See, it matters where you start in your life. David, David starts the psalm. He says, the heavens, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. And night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. You start reading that, you're like, okay, is David giving us like a science lesson here? No. See, David starts with creation. David says, you know what, as you look around you, as you take creation in, as you recognize this cyclical process, the heavens, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. The heavens proclaim it. It says God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises and at the end of the heavens and follows its course to the other end. In other words, it sets. Nothing can hide from its heat. As you watch the sunrise, as you watch it set, there's a process. God's hand. You know, some of the things that you think are circumstantial in your life, they're actually part of God's order for your life. David, David, he's talking about this because he wants us to understand something really important. He says, you know, the importance of God setting the cycle in your life, the importance of God setting the rhythm in your life, the importance of God setting the beat, because, friends, it will determine the orbit that your life takes on a daily basis. You know, the fact is, we, we rise in the morning, and we do our thing, whatever that is. And then at the end of the day, you lay down, lie down, you sleep, you get up the next day, and you do it again, and again, and again, and again, right? Some of you are caught in a cycle, though, and that cycle's messing you up. You, you need a new rhythm to your life. You need a new beat. Anybody need a new beat in their life? Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, God. My strength, my redeemer. You know, it matters where you start in life. David, David, he starts with the solar system. And then he ends the psalm with his soul. When you start your day with God in meditation and in his word, 
it starts a cycle in the right place in your life. You, you start with God. Hear this. You start with God before you check your emails. You start with God before you look at Facebook or check your texts. Life is a cycle, and the question is, who's ordering the cycle in your life? You know, the meditation of my heart. This isn't yoga meditation. Nothing wrong with that, but it's not that. It's not Eastern religion meditation. This is a different beat here. I mean, meditation, actually, in the, the Hebrew, it's a musical term. It's about rhythm. It's about rhythm in life. It's about how that beat that you hear. You know, early in my Christian life, I thought my prayer life was my meditation life. And so I would go to God, and I would tell God about what I needed, what I wanted, where I was struggling in my life. And there came a point where, I'll be honest with you, it felt like an empty list I was giving God. You know why? It was all about me. It was all about me. See, I, it was a while before I realized that God wanted to say something to me every day. You know, instead of, instead of living, I believe it's really easy to get caught in a cycle that messes you up. You know, where, where you get up every morning, you face your day. You know, you deal with all your problems. You, you struggle, and then you finally put your head down for the night and go to bed. And then the alarm rings and you get up the next day and you do it again and again and again and again. And the fact is, as I'm saying that, some of you are going, man, I'm wore out. I'm wore out. And what the reality is it's become a drudgery. Day after day after day, the same thing. How do you stop it? How do you stop it? I mean, have you ever been stuck in a loop, so to speak? I mean, some of you are in a loop right now. You're caught in a cycle in your life. Your mind and your heart, it's caught. And so you, you live your life in a state of panic, in a state of fear, in a state of, of brokenness and weariness. You know, you live angry and resentful and frustrated. Am, am I talking to anybody? You know why? Because you believe in a bunch of lies. The, the, the Satan is the father of lies. He will whisper things in your ear. And he will get you to repeat them. And friends, if you repeat them enough times, guess what? You start believing them. Ever been caught? Cycle of lies, a loop of lies in your life? For, for instance, you're in a relationship. And it goes off track. It didn't go off track because of anything that was said, anything that wasn't said. The reality is it went off track because of what you were saying to yourself. You know, I read the parable, the uh, wealthy landowner. You have to read it on your own this week, but it's found in Luke 12. 
And this guy, he's, he's cruising, man. I mean, he's making money, he's successful, things, things are going really well for him. And he gets caught in a loop of self-deception in his li- life. You know, Satan's lying to him about things. And he comes to a point, he says, Let, give me the next one, there we go. And I'll, I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for years. Take life easy, eat, drink, be merry. And he was clueless that that night he'd take his last breath. And the whole point of the story was how foolish, because he got caught up with himself. And it messed him up. See, it was a cycle. It matters where you start. It matters what you think about in your life. Self is a really, really small orbit in life. You know, self, it's very limiting. Self, it results in a very small-scale world. Now, I need you to help me out. Every time I tell my wife I'm going to sing in the service, she just goes, please don't, please don't, please don't. So sing with me. Do, do, re. Me, 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 me. Me. I'm just singing the song that many of you have sang all week. Me, 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 me. It's about me, me, me. What's your favorite meditation? Me. What are you thinking about? Me. When are they ever going to notice? Me. Why does this always happen to me? I can always find a way of making it about me. And it's reflected in our posts, in our feeds, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever your poison is. They all proclaim, it's about me. The words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart. Me, 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 me. And friends, it's a song, but it is not a hit. And it will not bring you peace. And it will not be a way to find a solution in your life or to get unstuck from the loop that you're living in. Friends, if you start with yourself, if it's all about me, you will be very disappointed. Our world's a mess. We wonder why, because it's all about me. You need a new loop in your life. I mean, why don't you start with the source, your creator? You know, when, when you start there, it makes a difference. It matters where you start. And I wonder how long before you change the meditation of your heart. You need a new beat in your life. You've got to get outside yourself because you, that orbit is really small. Think about something bigger. 
and grandeur. I mean, the heavens proclaim the glory of God. And some of you need to get your head out of your head. You thought I was going somewhere else, didn't you? Because you're listening to yourself, listening to the lies. And friends, I will tell you, it is a terrible place to take your orders from. And it's a terrible place to find order in your life. You know, we, we spend too much time listening to ourselves and listening to the world and not enough time listening to God. In fact, one of, the, one of the loops we get caught in today is, you know, not enough, not enough, I don't have enough. I mean, you can apply it to anything just about, time, money, talent, you know, I, I didn't get enough sleep last night, I don't have enough strength, I don't have enough money, how are we going to get by, I don't have enough talent, I can't do that, I don't have enough. Friends, it is a message that the evil one will play over and over and over in your mind. It's the assessment that the disciples came to. Jesus says, hey, we need to feed the crowd. And they're looking going, there's 5,000 men. There's, there must be 10,000 people here. And Jesus says, feed them. And they go, yeah, but we only got five loaves of bread. And, and, and look, two fish. I mean, we don't have enough. Friends, they, they started with themselves. They looked at the problem and they start with themselves and they're standing next to the one that's the source, the one that could open the heavens up. See, it matters where you start in your life. And I wonder, I wonder today how different your life would be if you started asking the source instead of listening to everybody else, instead of listening to the world. Instead of consulting what the, what the internet has to say, instead of listening to yourself, friends, God is more than enough. God is more than enough for every need, every deficiency, every failure in, in your life. God is more than enough. He is. I mean, his blood's enough. His grace is enough. His word is enough. It's enough to revive you. David. David starts with the heavens, and they move his heart, changes his perspective. The skies proclaim God's glory. The glory of God kept his heart beating. It was the glory of God that put him in rhythm, that gave him a beat day after day after day, night after night after night, situation after situation, it, it was allowing him to stay in beat and stay in sync with God's heartbeat. You know, it's keeping the beat with heaven. You know, it's life-giving beat. It changes the way you live and see things. Friends, I will tell you, in heaven there is enough. There is always enough. There's always enough patience in heaven. There's always enough power in heaven. There's always enough provision in heaven. There's enough bread and fish in heaven. There is always enough in heaven. And God will supply your needs, all your needs, every need. Yes, that one and that one. Not greeds, but needs. David, David, he, he takes a, a sharp rest here. It's almost jarring because the beat of his psalm changes. 
He says, the, in, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commands of the Lord are right, bringing what? What? Joy. Joy to the heart. David talks about God's laws, and he goes on for several more verses. He compares God's laws to to gold. He says they're sweeter than honey. You know, David says these instructions, these these commands, these laws of God, they, they will refresh your soul. They'll give you guidance in your life. But David gets to the heart of it here. He says, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? See, he's looking at himself here. Cleanse me from these hidden faults. David, he realizes he's looking at God's laws and he's thinking about all that God requires of him. And he's looking at these perfect laws and he realizes how imperfect he is. You know, these laws, they promise peace, promise wisdom, joy. The very things David wanted. But, he, but he's looking at the law, and he knows he's broken them. See, this is connected to the first verse, to the previous part. He, he's contemplating how the heavens are able effortlessly to proclaim the glory of God day after day after day. And David realizes he can't do that because he's stuck. He's stuck in a loop. He's stuck in the cycle of sin in his life. And no matter how hard he tries, no matter how he tries to dress it up with words, the meditation of his heart, it's fallen short. See, Paul, Paul would echo a very similar beat. He says, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. In fact, Paul in Romans 8, be a good read for you this week, the whole chapter. But Paul, he talks about this tension. And you got this tension between the power of the law to guide you, to give you joy and all all these things. And then he talks about the weakness of the flesh that can't get there to the law. I mean, we reach for it, but we fail. Sometimes we don't reach for it, and we fail. You know, we reach for it, but, but, but we sin. We make mistakes. You know, we reach for it, but we fall short. And this, what happens is a cycle of shame and brokenness and death. It, it creeps in. We, and God says, you know what? I'll break the cycle. I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ. He'll be a peace offering. So we can say with Paul, when Paul wrote these words, there is therefore. Now, there's no condemnation anymore for those that are in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. It's a new loop for living. It gives life. You know, it gives a new meditation. 
As we follow Jesus Christ, I no longer live by situations. I no longer live with limitations. But friends, we live with revelation in our life. The fact is, you can do that in your life. You know why? Because you know who's standing in the fire with you. David, he knew who was standing before the giant with him. And friends, when you get that in your heart and you realize that God is there in the midst of it, it changes the beat of how you live. You start with the source. You start with the one that created the heavens and the earth, the one that holds the stars and the moon and the planets in place. You start with the one that created you and may have holds you and cares for you and designed you for a purpose. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. It's where you start. You set your mind on God. You set your mind on God every day. And it will change the beat in your life. And it will change where you go in your life. It matters where you start. It matters. It matters what you say to yourself. It matters who you listen to. It matters where you start, but you've got to decide where you're going to start. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Acceptable. Acceptable to you, God. You know, friends, accept what God has to say about you. Accept that God has your future in his hands. Accept what, what God says about you and reject what everybody else has to say. Reject what the internet has to say. Reject what the world has to say and accept what God says. Live your life under the one that can open the heavens. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. That's a beat you need in your life. Let, let, let's stand. We're going to have a word of prayer. There'll be prayer teams down front. Some of you need a new beat. And maybe you don't know how to get that beat going, but let me challenge you to come down and just say, I need a new beat and let them pray for you. And I'm going to pray for you right now as well. Our holy God, God, I pray that you'd be the meditation of our heart. That you'd be the beat in our heart. That your glory as we seek it, would give us a new rhythm for living. And God, I know there's some here today that are stuck in a cycle. And life isn't much right now. And God, I pray your Holy Spirit would say, I got a different beat for you, different way to live. God, I pray you'd break some people free right now. where they can worship you. They just start with you.
they'd find a lot of things would fall in place. And God, I pray you give them the power and the strength to do that. And God, there are many I know that, uh, God, we just thank you for that beat. We thank you even in the trials that you give us a beat that uplifts, that encourages, that God, you hold all things in your hands. God, I thank you for that peace, that knowledge. God, I pray that as we lift our voice to you today that uh, we'd make a commitment that we're going to start with you. We're going to start our day with you. We're going to start every endeavor with you. Each step. God, breathe into us. Guide us. May we find your joy. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. And God's people said, Amen. Let's worship together.